like to welcome you to Hopeful Conversations, hosted by Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. We are so excited you are joining our conversations. Our mission today is to encourage and challenge you as well as fill you with hope from God's Word. Just like the psalmist said in Psalms 103 verse 5, I wait for the Lord and my soul waits, and in His Word I hope. We thank you for joining us today on Hopeful Conversations and pray you will grow in the waiting and rely on hope from God's Word. I now give you Jody and Carolyn. Hey friends, welcome back to Hopeful Conversations. I'm Jody and I'm Carolyn, and we want to say Happy New Happy Year! Happy New Year! Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm excited that the calendar has turned. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> let 2021 be behind us, yes. and and I'm I'm even more excited about what um, we are seeing that God has already planned out, laid out, mapped out for us at Hopeful Conversations. Yeah. As we begin this new season that we're going to do. Yeah, these next few months are going to be really special, I they think. They really are. And and, and we've got uh, a season called Women Called to Pray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're a man and you're listening to this, this will apply to you as well. I promise <laughs> you. I promise you. Okay. Uh, but that's what we've called the season that we're going to be uh, going through. Yeah. And we have some special guests that are going to be joining us that just talk about prayer through all kinds of seasons and Mm -hmm. challenges and stages of life. So I think there'll be an episode for each one of you that, or multiple episodes that really speak to right where you are. So um, we're kicking it off though with Dr. Debbie. Oh my gosh. I don't know if y'all remember, we've had her on here before and she is just... Uh, j- just full of wisdom yeah. and just rich in her knowledge as well. So I'm super excited to yeah. be able to start our new year off in our new season with her specifically. Yeah, she's so fun to listen to. So y'all, y'all chuckle, I think, sometimes throughout her talk. But yeah. um, this was recorded at our women's event. So we wanted to go mm-hmm. ahead and let you know that it might sound a little bit different, but That's that right. is... Um, where it was recorded, it was a really special time with our ladies here at Inglewood. And so yes. we hope you enjoy this message from her. Um, she has two. So the next episode next week mm-hmm. will be hers, but we'll come right. back and remind y'all of yeah, that Yeah, I too. think the, the next three were uh, recorded uh, live, basically. They were, yeah. yeah. And, and if you haven't, uh, go back and listen to, I guess I can say last year. Last <laughs> By year. By the time you're listening yeah. to this. Last year, uh, we uh, did our first uh, Hopeful Conversations uh, episode live at this actual conference. Yeah. And so here we're picking back up uh, where we've got at least three of those that were recorded live as well. And we just, we, we know that there's a, just a lot of value um, in those. But yeah. but uh, to, to just kind of go ahead and just let you know, uh, Debbie is going to start us off this new year and start sharing Women Called to Pray and what that is all about in this next season. Yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Good morning, everyone. Don't you love how they accommodate old people? (laughs) I'm beginning to think there are some good things in in crossing over into those um, digits we're not going to talk about. But anyway, good morning. You know, I was thinking this morning that back in my day, and it's how it's going to start. And then I thought, what? What an odd saying, back in my day. When was my day? You know, but people say that all the time. But back when I was a much younger woman, a t-shirt used to be something that we just kind of threw on with some jeans and we didn't really think a lot about it. We maybe thought about what color t-shirt or if it was going to have a v-neck or u-neck and maybe we gave a little bit of thought to um, the sleeve length or something like that. But nowadays, there's this whole philosophy 
about t-shirts. There's even a company called Philosophy T-shirts, and um, they have all these really pithy sayings. Now, I'll confess that I don't wear them because I just got this thing about words across my chest. No, that's just me. But I do like reading a good t-shirt. And so I read one. It actually had almost like a whole story on it. And you probably even seen or heard this story somewhere else. But it was about three wise women as opposed to three wise men. And they said if, if there had been three wise women, you know that they would have asked for directions. They would have arrived on time. They would have helped deliver that baby, cleaned the stable, baked the casserole, fed the animals, and they would have brought some practical gifts. And most of all, we'd have peace on earth. <laughs> well, um, you know, maybe not all of that. But let's admit it this morning, women, we are phenomenal. Yes. Oh, that didn't sound like you were phenomenal. Women are phenomenal. I read a shirt another shirt, and it said, no one believes in girl power more than the Lord. Now, that's a shirt that I can get behind. I might even buy that one and wear that one, because that is true. And the word backs us up in that, because in Proverbs 31, 30, it says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Psalm says, God is with us. He supports us. He brings us strength. We will not be moved. And Luke 1, says, we are blessed when we believe what he speaks to us. Proverbs 3.15 says, we are precious more so than jewels. Now you think about, because we love some jewels, but we are more precious even than jewels. And in Genesis, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image, and that's a good thing. In fact, it's better than good, because if you go back and read that account in Genesis, I love it. I recently had to point this out to Pastor Charles, because it said that God created light, the sky, land, seas, plants, trees, sun, moon, stars, creatures, animals, and man. And he said it was good. And then he created woman, and what did he say? Oh, it's very good. It got very good. Yes, so ladies, we are awesome, we are phenomenal, and we are called. We are called. God calls young girls like Rhoda who commit themselves to prayer. He calls young women like Mary who was the virgin mother. His plans are great for women like Elizabeth, Rachel, and Hannah, all of those who had those prolonged seasons of infertility and just waiting. His purposes include pagan women like Ruth, prostitutes like Rahab, rejected, widowed, adulterous women like the Samaritan woman, marginalized women like Hagar, Old women, any old women other than me, I, I pause right here and I wrote, hallelujah. He has a place for old women like prophetess and like that preschool director, Dr. Debbie. And he calls us, all of us, but he calls us to what? Well, he calls us to different things. He's called some to be teachers and some to be attorneys and some to be firefighters and some to be secretaries. He calls us to different things, yet he also calls us all to one thing. He calls us to pray. And so this morning, it seems he has called me to try to talk with you a few minutes about just that, about prayer. And I would tell you, he's called me to a hard job. And I'm not just talking about the one on that hall, because that's hard. Um, but talking to women, especially women who already know him and already walk with him about prayer, is, is a really hard thing to do. And it's because a lot of times when we come to events like this, we're expecting this big aha moment. There's going to be something that makes us go wrong. And, well, I'm not sure this morning there's going to be that aha moment. And I'll tell you why. It's because you already know. 
You already know. You already know that you should pray. Uh, if you don't believe me, I want us to try a little bit this morning of what we call call and response. Uh, or it's going to be more like call and fill in the blank. I'm going to start and you fill in the blank. And if you're not awake yet, let me go ahead and tell you. The answer is going to be pray, prayer, or some variation thereof. Like, <clears throat> so you cannot mess up. In Mark 11:24, 24, it says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in believe and that you've received it and it's going to be yours philippians 4 tells us be anxious about nothing but in everything by and supplication with thanksgiving we are to let our requests be known to god luke 11 9 says that we're to ask and i'll tell you on this one that's the praying that's the praying that we do the most is asking we're good at that part but it says ask and it'll be given seek and you'll find knock and it's going to be open Second Chronicles 7:14, one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm going to reference it this morning in both sessions, but it says, "If my people." So he's talking about those of us who already walk with him. "If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'm going to hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land." And most everybody knows. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, because it says we are to without ceasing. So you already know that you are supposed to pray. That's step one. And you already know step two, which is how to pray. See, now you got really quiet then, even more so. And because um, some of you might say, well, I kind of struggle with that, and that's not exactly my calling. And, and well, I'm not a Priscilla Shire or Anne Grand Lots or... I'm not even my mama or my grandmama or I'm not that woman in my church, the one that everybody goes to because she's known to get that prayer through. But that's okay, that's not you, but you know how to pray. And here's something else I'll tell you, you do pray. Now it might take some blue lights flashing behind you, but you start <laughs> praying. Let the school call you and show up on that caller ID, you start praying. Okay, when you um, <clears throat> swipe that credit card or that debit card that maybe has had a little more experience than it ought to, you stand right there and you pray. But you do pray. As a matter of fact, Max Locato says we all pray. And then he writes, some. He says in his book, Before Amen, he says we pray to stay sober, we pray to stay centered, we pray to stay solvent when the lump is deemed malignant, when the money runs out before the month does, when the marriage is falling apart, we pray. And in those seasons and situations, lady, I can tell you, uh, I don't believe I'm alone. We don't get worried about eloquence and choosing the right words and the right posture, whether we're standing, sitting, falling flat on our face. We ain't even worried about the length of the prayers. I read somewhere some time ago in guideposts about the power of one-word prayers, and I laughed. I thought, I've been praying one-word prayers all my life because two of my favorite are help and Jesus. And sometimes I get really good and I combine and I have two and three word prayers. Jesus help, help, Jesus help. Okay? Those are prayers. So you know one that you ought to pray and you know two how to pray. So what is the problem? Why aren't we praying? I will tell you it comes down to obstacles. And some of you are probably thinking, oh yeah, I got a whole lot of obstacles to prayer. But you really don't. Um, Pastor Matt Chandler says, if we boil all our obstacles down, there are really only two obstacles to prayer. And the first one that we're going to talk about 
is, is something that's not new. And I love that because even in the Bible, in the scriptures, we see there were obstacles to prayer. And I find power in that to know that I'm not the first one to struggle with a thing. And I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one to feel a thing or think a thing. So people have been struggling with prayer uh, since the beginning of time. But the first obstacle is an unhealthy fear of God. I say unhealthy because fear of God is a good thing. Proverbs 1, 7, Psalms 11, 10, Job 28, all say the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 19, 23 says that fear leads to life, and Deuteronomy 10, 12 tells us, fear the Lord, walk in all his ways, love him, serve the Lord with our whole heart and with our soul. If God put it in his word that many times, we need to pay attention to it. We are to fear him. God is God. I think we say things so casually and so flippantly these days, but think about this. I mean, God is God. He is holy. He is awesome. He is all-powerful. He is our creator. He ought to be feared. And honestly, I don't understand anybody who can walk around and say, I don't fear God. He is to be feared. He's not some teddy bear. He loves us. He cares for us, he provides for us, but he's not some cute little cuddly teddy bear that we can just become too familiar with. So we can't let that pendulum of familiarity swing too close. He is God, he is holy, he ought to be feared. And it's actually essential that we do fear him. There should always be in us just this little hint of awe and fear tinged with understanding his love and his mercy and his grace. We are to give him respect and show him reverence because that's what the scriptures teach us. And it's not a negative thing. I was trying to think of an analogy or a story I could give you this morning, and I couldn't come up with one other than going back to my own earthly father, uh, who's no, lo no longer with us. But my grandmother, his mother, used to say, I love that man better than Peter that loved the Lord. And she did not lie, because I would go anywhere with my father. Uh, my parents only had two children, so I have a sister, so they had no boys, so I was the boy. And I hung with him. I don't care where he went, in the woods, to the garage. Uh, I am going with that man. And even when I got older, came home from college to visit, he and I would stay up late at night and snack and watch TV, and we played jokes and crack, and my mom would go to bed early. And she yelled out in the hall, will you two please knock it off? And we just laugh all the more. We just thought that was the funniest thing. But make no mistake, you let me cross that line. You let me get too familiar. You let me forget that that man was the father and I was the daughter. And he was the grown up and I was the child because he used to tell me, I don't care how many birthdays you have, you are never going to catch up with me. <laughs> so it was clear. And so then I would see another side. He was my father. He was my provider. He was my protector. But he was still my father. And he was to be feared and he was to be respected. And so it is with God. God is our holy father. But our fear can sometimes be unhealthy. We miss that part of struggle to wrap our heads around. How can he be sovereign and almighty and omnipotent? How can he hate sin but love us when we're just a bunch of filthy, raggedy sinners? But he does love us. He does love us. And how can he love us when we just continue to mess up? Even when we come to know him through relationship with his son Jesus, we still fall short every day, or at least I do, fall short. But he loves us. So we think if we keep messing up, if we keep falling short, then he just doesn't really want to be bothered with us. 
He doesn't. Don't we, don't we just annoy him? Don't you feel like sometimes I'm probably just getting on his nerves? I'm calling on him again for something that I should have known better than to find myself in this situation again. But it doesn't matter to him. He still loves us. But if we somehow think uh, that God is disappointed in us or sometimes disgusted with us, and if we don't think that, we still feel unworthy sometimes to talk with him. Because we feel like we don't know all the right words to say. We have to have these 75-cent words. When we talk to God, we're supposed to get all our these and our thous all straight, and we don't want to get those confused. And then we have all these prayer models that we're supposed to follow, and then sometimes we can't remember, well, what does all those acronyms even mean? I mean, what is adoration? How do I do adoration? What is supplication? What happens if I supplicate before I adorate? Uh, did I get that all out of order? And so the point is we think God is going to be annoyed with our babbling and our rambling and our fumbling and um i mean didn't jesus ask the disciples to pray one hour they couldn't stay awake so we just kind of feel like we just keep falling short and annoying him and if that's how we view god that he is rolling his holy eyes and tapping his holy feet and gritting his holy teeth at us like i did i tell you that already one time then we're not going to want to come into his presence and be with him. I mean, do you want to be around people who are rolling their eyes when you're talking to them? No, you do not run to those people. But if that's how we fear, view God, then we uh, have that unhealthy fear of him. And if somehow we've managed to not fall victim to unhealthy fear of God, we all deal with the second obstacle to prayer, which is functional atheism. <clears throat> I heard some mm's. Because people think, now wait a minute, atheists. That's a person who does not believe in the existence of God or God. I believe. They're like, hey, Debbie Rollins, I believe. I actually walk with him. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe in his son. I surrender my life. We know all those words to say, but let me ask you this. Does your walk align with your talk? Okay, so if we believe, then why do we act like or operate like we don't need him. Like we can do this, whatever this is, without him. Our actions or our lives very often say, I don't really need God. I don't need him to drive to work. I just hop in that car. I got this. I got this. I don't need him to help me raise my children. They just need to do what I say. We got this. Okay? We don't need him to navigate all our different relationships, our spouse, our employer, employees, our moms, our neighbors. My grandmother said, love the lovely, stay away from the ones that aren't. We got this. We don't need to ask him how to spend our money, okay? My school finance professor told me there are three ways to manage your money. You can follow all the little line items and spend it exactly like they say, or you can just spend until somebody comes and says, don't spend another dime, or you can spend until there ain't no money left. And that's kind of how we operate. We don't need to talk to God about our money. I got this. I got this. We don't need God to decide whether we're going to get married or not married, who to marry, what job to take, what college to go to, what career I want to follow. We've got this. Because I want you to just think about all the decisions that you make in the course of a day that you never ask God about. Or at least you don't ask him up front. Now, when that thing starts going south, I thought we quit then. That's when we go back to those one, two, and three-word prayers. But what about if we had asked him up front at the beginning of our day before that thing started going left? But again, we operate like functional atheists. 
I got this. I don't really need God. So we say out our mouths that we believe in him, but our actions speak louder and speak differently. We would never say out loud that we don't need God, but functionally we live this way with a false sense of control, failing to realize at any moment our lives could be so rocked out of control beyond what we can imagine and if 2020 didn't teach us that i don't know what else is you know priscilla shire wrote in her book fervent it's one of my um, favorite books she said this is war the fight of your life a very real enemy has been strategizing and scheming against you assaulting you coming after you your emotions your mind your man your child your future ladies satan ain't willy-nilly he is not helter-skelter. He is not like some tiny like he is. He is scheming and he is strategizing. So guess what we have to do? We have to strategize too. And our best strategy is found in God. And how will we know the strategy? We have to ask him. It's kind of like football. Now you can look at me and tell I ain't nobody's athlete. But I know that when the players huddle together, the quarterback is telling them all of the plays and the strategies, what's about to happen and what you need to do. So we need to huddle with God. That's what we need to do. He's our quarterback, and only if we huddle with him will we know what the strategy is and how to run this game that's called life. Satan's trying to block us, tackle us, knock us down, take us out. We've got to ask God. We've got to huddle with him. But we don't always trust God. The last time we were together, I told you I trust him until I don't. And you laugh, but that's you too. And that's true for you. Sometimes we just don't trust. We don't trust that he's going to answer our prayers or that he's going to answer them like I tell him to. And he is surely not going to answer them when I tell him to. And that last one is probably the most important. I want him to answer like yesterday. What is the problem? So since he's not going to answer like I want him to and when I want him to, I just won't bother asking him. I'm going to go ahead and do my thing and handle it myself. So again, unhealthy fear of God or functional atheists. Just two obstacles. You can try to dress them up, but that's what they are. Oh, I struggle to pray because I'm so busy. Mm -hmm, functional atheist. My mind just wanders. I fall asleep. Functional atheist. I pray when I feel like it, but sometimes I just don't feel led to prayer. Uh-huh, functional atheist. Uh, so, happy Saturday morning. I will tell you that's the bad news. Now we're going to get on to the good news. Um, because now that you're depressed, I want to bring you to the good news. And you know it's always found in God's Word. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. And it begins like this. It says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come. Buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk. And just so you know, that's talking about joy and strength. Come without money. Come without price. Verse 2 says, Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? And I want to take a little side right here at this point so that you can grab hold of the first truth. We as followers of Christ are invited. We're invited into his presence. We can't outstay his welcome. Now, all of us have had some guests that have outstayed their welcome. And you know that saying about guests and fish after three days, they both kind of start stinking a little bit. <clears throat> well, that's not how it is with God. We can't wear out our welcome. This text just strips away any excuses because it says, "All are you thirsty? That's need. 
come. Are you lacking joy? He says, I got wine, come. He said, are you lacking strength? There's milk, come. Are you tired? Come. No money, come. It's already been paid for. You don't have to go to sources like Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz and Oprah and Facebook and the self-help help section of Barnes and Noble or Books a Million, That's all that stuff that can't really help you. He says, don't spend or don't waste your money rather Go into people and places and things that are still going to leave you hanging. As followers of Christ, we're sometimes good at praying to God about a need, but we still look to other people to answer that. We think we know who's best suited uh, to answer our problem. And while God sometimes answers our prayer through people, don't get it twisted, ladies. He's the source. He's the source. And so he says, come. He says, come. And verse 2 could finish just like this. It says, listen diligently to me. Eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Verse 3 says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast sure love for David. Now if you know anything about David, you know that man struggled. He was, should have been at war. He was home peeping in some windows and you see the trouble that got him into because then he committed adultery and then he had to try to cover that up with murder. And all the while, God saw all of that. It wasn't hidden from him. And what did God say? David is a man after my own heart. And in this text, he's saying the same, that everlasting, steadfast covenant love that he showed David. That's what he's going to give us. He's going to love us like David if we just Come, so we can bring all our raggedness just like David did to him. I'm still going to love you. Let that sink in and grab hold of that and seal it in your heart. If nothing else, again, come. I'm going to love you like I love David. Now, I don't know about everybody in this room, but I'm suspecting whatever you've done, it's got to pale in comparison to what David did. And here's something else. Don't you know God already knows? He knows what you did. He knows what you thought about doing that you didn't do. He knows what you're still thinking about doing. Mm -hmm. Your best secret ain't no secret at all. So he says, come, bring your little secrets and all, and I'm going to love you. Come that you may live. God wants you to give, have an abundant life here and now. So come so you can stop all that ducking and dodging and pretending and slinking and slurking around. He knows. He knows. You might have the person beside you, fool, but he knows. And sisters, that right there is enough to make you want to look for every opportunity to talk with him. And that's all prayer is, is talking with God. And not only have we been invited in, we are allowed in the presence of God to be persistent about what we want and what we need. My time is short this morning. I think that was my cue right there. So, but I'm still going to keep going. I'm going to talk about being persistent in wanting to break out sessions, but just know we are invited in. And the simple truth number two is that God hears us. When we pray, God actually hears us. He's not just kind of sore and listening. Have you ever talked to somebody and you could tell they're not really listening to you? My sister on the phone last night, and I just called her right out on it. But God hears us. Okay, Second Chronicles 7, 14 through 15, we did a little call and response with a portion of that earlier. If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their, heal their land. Well, verse 15 follows. We tend to hang out on 14, but verse 15 is powerful. It says, now my eyes will be opened 
and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. And the place is a posture. It's not a physical place. So the scripture says, if we humble ourselves, get out of our heads, get out of our way, if we pray, if we seek him, if we turn from our wicked ways, his eyes are going to be open, his ears will be attentive, he will hear us, he sees us, he listens to us. And that's backed up by Psalms 34, 15, because I always like to look at multiple scriptures. 34, 15 says, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, his ears toward their cry. So those two simple but powerful truths are, we've been invited and God hears us. Our time is running out, but I want you to know something. Because I know you're thinking and feeling, look, I have cried out to the Lord. I haven't seen one thing change. And we've all been there. We have felt like sometimes we have been before the Lord time and time again. So let's look quickly at Psalm 35. Don't turn, just make a note of it. It says about verse 22, You have seen, O Lord, be not silent. O Lord, be not far from me. Awake and rouse yourself for my vindication, for my cause, my God and my Lord. This is David. Now back over just a page in your Bible, he will say, Oh, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, his ears toward this cry. And then he turns on, he's like, Lord, don't be silent. Lord, you are too far from me. Where are you? And isn't that just how it is in life? We feel him close at some moments, and then it's like, Lord, where are you? And so I know that this is a place of struggle for you because it's a place of struggle for me. Sometimes, you know, I get that I'm invited, and I get that he hears, but my reality feels very differently sometimes. And so confession, I have said, Lord, don't you see me? Just this week, as I was battling the flu, thinking about coming up to this day, I'm like, Lord, look at the calendar. Look at the calendar, Lord. Saturday is coming. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. And I still don't have a good voice yet. So let's look at one more passage. Psalm 13, 1 through 6, David cries out again. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider, answer, answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I'm shaken. And haven't you felt that too? Like you are doing the right thing and you are praying and your enemies over there just having a great old grand old time. They're looking like they're just getting blessed, blessing after blessing. And I'm over here struggling and suffering. And that's what David said. Look, my enemies are rejoicing over me. We've been in verses one through four. How do we live through one through four? Look at five and six. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So yes, one, God invites. He invites us to come to him in prayer. And two, he sees and he hears. And the third simple truth is that when we struggle with one and two, we just have to remember the third. He is steadfast. His steadfast, unchanging, and unfailing love. So when we don't feel invited, when we don't think that he hears, because it's, it's not about what we feel, too. Let me tell you that, because feelings lie. Just in case you didn't know, if you don't write anything else down today, write down, feelings lie. And they are often a lie from Satan. Remember, he is strategizing and getting you to feel some kind of way. And that's one of his most powerful strategies. He will make you feel like something's not quite right, make you feel like God is not listening, that he doesn't hear you. That's just his trick. 
or he'll make you think God doesn't want to hear from you. And our thinking at best is infallible. So Satan can get your thoughts all twisted as well, ladies. So it's not about what we think. It's not about what we feel. It is about who God is. Steadfast, unchanging, unfailing. Seal that in your heart. Seal that in your heart and let us pray. This morning, I want us to end uh, spending um, quite a bit of time in prayer. We've got a, a, just a few minutes. But this is how I want us to pray. You all have probably read in Matthew 5, and you don't need to turn there, but it's when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Now, just like us, they, they knew how to pray, but they apparently saw something different in Jesus and how he prayed and what happened as a result of his prayer. And so I want us to use that passage from Matthew to kind of guide us in prayer. So if you will, just kind of put your things aside and settle yourselves, and, and let's get ready to go to the Lord. And I want you to take whatever posture you feel like. If you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to use um, your seat as an altar and get on your knees, but we're just going to actually let what we know as the Lord's Prayer kind of guide us this morning. And so that passage begins, Our Father who art in heaven. Ladies, that's relationship. And ours is a beautiful and a unique and a special relationship. He is our father. He adopted us. His word says nothing and no one can pluck us from his hand. So would you take a moment just right where you are now and I just want you to just Silently, or if you feel um, urged to pray aloud, just pray. And I just want you to focus on thanking God for the relationship that you have with him. And if you don't have one, you thank him that he sees you right now and he hears you and he desires relationship with you. Just take a moment and thank him for relationship. Then Jesus continued his teaching, hallowed be your name. That's worship. And that's how we should always pray, worshiping God for who he is before we ever ask him for a thing. And so would you give thought this morning to who God has shown himself to be in your life just this past week? And would you spend just a moment worshiping him you know, has he, has he really shown himself afresh as your Savior? Has he shown himself afresh as your healer? Has he shown himself to be your provider? Just, just take a moment and, and hallow his name as provider, creator, Savior, Father, Abba Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That means do it in my life. Do it in my life as in heaven. And ladies, this passage is about surrender. And I'd like you to take a moment, just think about what is it that you need to surrender? What is it that has been keeping you from praying or keeping you from praying the way that you know that you ought to? Is it busyness? Is it a, 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 a packed agenda? Is it uh, just a deep hurt? Whatever it is, whatever it is, surrender it. Surrender it to the one who can do something about it. 
So just ask, ask him right now if he would help you to trust him and trust him enough that you can leave with him whatever it is that you have been holding on to so much that you can't open your hands up to really receive what it is that he has for you. Jesus then taught, give us this day our daily bread. A loving Father, the one whom we are in relationship with, the one whom we've worshipped already and we've surrendered to, now it's time to ask. He wants to know what it is that, that we need. He wants us to come to him and lay out our request. The word says that he's the giver of good gifts, we just have to come to him and we have to ask. And we don't always have to ask for physical things. We can also ask for the spiritual. So if there's a physical need, if it's health, if it's strength, if it's if provision that you need, food, shelter, transportation, but also if you need that closer relationship, that deeper walk, if you need a better understanding of his word, ask, ask. Would you take just a moment asking for what it is that you need? <clears throat> forgive us as our forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I can tell you we generally want to be forgiven better than we forgive other people. So at this point, what he's asking us to do is to confess. Confess our sin and ask God, forgive us. None of us are perfect. We all fall short. Forgive us, Lord. So you know where, you know when, and you know how you have fallen short. It's nothing to be ashamed about or embarrassed because I, I assure you, the person next to you has fallen short. The person behind you has fallen short. This person sitting right here in front of you has fallen short. So would you take a moment, confess. Don't try to dress it up. Call a thing a thing, whatever it is, because he already knows but he wants you to bring it to him. Confess what it is that may be hindering your prayers, that may be keeping you even from coming to him. What has blocked that answer coming from him? Confess. Jesus closes with, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We need his protection. We are prone to addictions, to lust, to depression. We're just prone to just all the trappings of the flesh. And we have enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh. 
works against us. We need his protection. You need his protection. Your household needs his protection. So would you take a moment now and just, just ask the Lord, just protect you, protect us, protect our time together uh, today. Protect your household, your family, your children. Father, I thank you that you have extended an open invitation for us to come to you any time, any place, any, any, any posture, always. I thank you, Father, that you see us. I thank you that you hear us. I thank you that we don't bother you. We don't disturb you. I thank you that we cannot wear our welcome out. We can't aggravate you. Father, I just... You know, as I was preparing, I was just reminded how my mom would sometimes say when we would ask her questions, she would say, no, a thousand times no, don't ask me again. But Father, you say yes, a thousand times yes, if you just come to me, just come to me. So Father, would you help us to remember what we've heard just this morning? Uh, I've tried to honor you and share what I believe you wanted me to share. So, Father, would you let our awe and our fear of you draw us to you and not away. Don't let us get tricked by Satan to believe that you don't want relationship with us. You don't want to hear from us. You are tired of us. You're frustrated with us. But, Father, help us to draw closer, closer, closer. Father, you are the one true and living God. You have no rival. You have no equal. So yes, we're in awe, and yes, we, are, we fear you, but let us have the right fear, the right respect, and know then that you are the right one to come to because you are the only one who can do something about what it is that ails us. So Father, you love us. You desire relationship with us. You want us to come to you. Father, I'm asking this morning if you would seal that in every heart that is in this room. Seal it so that Satan cannot rob it from us, cannot keep us from you. Seal it in our heart just how much you love with us. And Father, would you go with us throughout the rest of this day? Would you even give us, Father, we don't want to be atheists and think we can handle everything, even choose on our own our sessions. Father, I ask that you speak to each woman here. Would you guide and direct to the session that is right where you have that rhema word that you will speak uh, not just to her ears but you'll speak to her heart because you know what we already need and even as we prepare for these next sessions father to continue in prayer or father to pray with passion give us the wisdom give us the guidance to choose to go where you would have us to go to hear what you would have us to hear and then father at the end of this day to put feet to what we have heard, that there will be action, that we will not just have scribbled notes for notes' sake, or not just have sat for the sake of sitting and being attentive, but be ready to go out and to act and to tell others. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. We end our praise, our prayer always worshiping 
You, almighty God, again, who has no rival, who has no equal, we thank you. We ask all of this in the precious, the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this time with Debbie, um, and we hope you'll join us next week as she shares a message with us about keeping up with our prayer life, to keep praying. And so um, don't miss it next week again with Debbie here on Hopeful Conversations. Thank you so much for joining us today. We know there are other podcasts to listen to, and we are humbled that you chose Hopefield Conversations. If you enjoyed our conversation today, we invite you to subscribe. If you found our conversations helpful, or if you would like to share comments with Jody or Carolyn, you may email them at hfc at englewoodbaptist.com. If you need to talk with a pastor at our church, please email next at englewoodbaptist.com. Once again, thank you for spending time with us today.